Get ready for everything you need to know about Google Shopping campaigns in 2023. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. Happy New Year, in fact. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and each month we focus on a different marketing method, and each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. Google have made so many changes to their ad platform over the last 12, 18 months that we are going to be focusing the whole of this month on Google Ads. What better way to start the year? We are going to have four episodes taking you through what you need to know about what's happening now and imminently on the Google Ads platform so that you can either better manage your own ads or work out how to discuss these changes with your agency or freelancer for maximum performance impact. So in today's episode, we're kicking off with Google Shopping campaigns. We'll be touching on all three types. So smart campaigns, standard campaigns, and the brand new Performance Max. Do make sure you listen right to the end of the episode because our guest is sharing some brilliant quickfire insider tips to help you maximize the performance of Google Ads. And I'll be sharing a little bit of my take on it all and outlining some more free resources to help you improve your Google Ads performance even more. So stay tuned to the end. Do you want more from your paid ads campaigns this year? Are you tired of disappointing results? Are your optimizations delivering low to low performance improvements? If that all sounds familiar, well, it's because the game's changed, which means you need a chat with my friends at Digital Gearbox. They are masters in the art of pay-per-click marketing. Their expert team have helped transform businesses around the world with tried and tested strategies that actually get results. And right now, they're offering a free one-on-one consultation to 10 ambitious Keep Optimising listeners looking to do great things in 2023. Now, only 10 of you can get this brilliant offer, so do not delay. Get your free consultation now by heading over to keepopt.com forward slash digital gearbox. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash digital gearbox. And let the Digital Gearbox team show you the true power of PPC. Today, I'm chatting with Google Ads expert, Nick Truman. Nick is the founder of Spec Digital and host of the Winning with Shopify podcast. Hello, Nick. Hi, Chloe. Great to be here. Great to be catching up with you again, Nick. You always bring so much um, good value when I catch up with you. So it's very cool we're recording this. (laughs) We are here to talk about Google Shopping campaigns, which... I used to be deep into, but I'm not anymore. And you are at the coalface with, yep. with your clients and customers. So what what do we need to know about Google Shopping campaigns at the moment? Well, one of the biggest things that people need to know um, is if you're not using it, you absolutely should try. So one of the biggest things we're always saying to clients and proving with data is that Google Shopping is one of the best converting channels there is in the world. And there's a number of reasons for that that I'll give very, very quickly. The first one is when you pay, it's when somebody's clicked. 
before they've clicked on your ad, and it is an advert on Google, before they've clicked on that advert or, or the listing, there are free listings, which we'll come on to later, but before they click on that, they've seen a picture of the product, they've seen the price, they've seen who's selling it, they might have seen how many reviews it's got, and if you've got any sales on or promotions, they'll also see the sales and promotions. So there's a huge amount of reasons why you want to give it a go. It means that at the point you pay, when you pay for that click, they're pretty sold on that product. And they will have seen it alongside lots of other products. You can't have a single shopping listing on its own. So lots of reasons to be using it for sure. And... So first off, we should be on Google Shopping campaigns. But secondly, it's been a confusing old last 12, 18 months in the world of Google Shopping. Yes, We started off with standard shopping, then Google gave us smart shopping, and now they've given us Performance Max. And some of that's now kind of legacy. Some of that's moving forwards. What should we be on and what should we not be on um, as we hit 2023? Yeah. And disclaimer, which I say all the time on my own podcast, like there's not a one size fits all. So if you're looking for it, you're listening to the wrong guest, I'm afraid. Um, But what what I will say is that the three types you've just listed, we'll go through them in order, um, an order of when they were released. So standard shopping is good, but not great. So you have to work at it quite a lot. It's standard, which therefore means it's manual. So you have to do a lot of work to standard shopping. Um, you need to add negative keywords. You need to keep an eye on what's bidding where. You can you can apply a bit of smart tech to it. So you can use what's called CPA, which is cost per acquisition. So that's acquiring a sale, not necessarily a customer, but a sale. Um, so there are some things you can use, which use a bit of AI and get Google's, tell, tell Google's algorithm, make me some money, please, which Google's only too keen to spend your money to try, not necessarily deliver. The second type, which is the really controversial one, which is exactly what you're just talking about, Chloe, is smart shopping. Smart shopping was a gift from the gods of marketing, and it was absolutely fantastic. And the reason I'm saying was is you shouldn't be using it, and I'll come on to that in a sec. Smart shopping was brilliant because you get what's called a feed, and we might talk about the feed today if we've got time. If not, Google what a shopping feed is. You absolutely need one, and that is where you should probably spend about 50, maybe 60% of your time is optimizing that feed. But smart shopping, you give it the feed, which is basically a giant XML or spreadsheet of products. You give that to it and it just goes, thanks a lot, here's some money. And there was very little you could do to it, um, which was good. So you would say to it- It was like the the idiot-proof version of Google Shopping, which obviously had some flaws, but for those who didn't have the time to do it properly, it delivered. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It was completely idiot proof, but I'll add another caveat uh, to that as well, is that standard shopping only shows on Google, which is good because people are searching stuff. They've got intent, they're looking for it. But smart shopping went that extra step and introduced uh, Gmail, Display and YouTube. So three more parts of Google's network. And traditionally, it would perform a lot better than just running a video campaign on YouTube or a display campaign across YouTube and the rest of the display network um, or running a Gmail inbox campaign, pretending you're an inbox message in somebody's uh, Gmail account. So it would go that extra mile, but it would work a lot better because it's got the product feed and it could also then follow people on multi-channels. So if you watching a YouTube video, an unboxing of a new uh, smartwatch, for example, you then go on Google and look for the smartwatch. The campaign knows because it's the same campaign and it then hits you with it. But long story short, grab the violin. It's gone. It's it's, it's an absolute (laughs) sob story. Some people are still using it, though. And I was just having a little moan to Chloe before we hit record that um, I audited an account this morning and we're recording this a little bit before this is going out. But I was auditing, auditing an account this morning that's still using it. And the latest report they've got from their current agency and 
we're taking it over was today's conversation. But the current agency said like, oh, this is top of the range tech, whatever. It's not. There is a warning on smart shopping campaigns within Giga Ads that says this has been outdated from July 2022. So you need to be off it. And that's been replaced by number three, which is... <laughs> Depends how you look at it. This is like a balancing scales, this next one, which is Performance Max. Performance Max uses every network under Google. So not just Google, not just the four that we mentioned earlier, Google, Gmail, Display, and also YouTube. It uses all Google networks at its disposal. Um, it is still smart tech. So you, if you're an e-commerce company, you put your shopping feed in. You don't have to be on e-commerce either. It does work on search. But in my experience so far, it's 90% rubbish, 10% phenomenal. So it doesn't work so well if you've not got a shopping feed. It's much better for e-commerce. But you now need to feed information to it. You need to actually create um, what's called an asset group, create some ads in there, put some information in. Um, and then you also create a thing called an audience signal. Where smart shopping, again, was beautiful. It would just look in the audience section of Google Ads and grab whatever it wanted that it thought would make money. Performance max, you have to specify those audiences, which now means there's room for testing and errors and getting things wrong and putting something in that works for a week and then dies, but you don't realize that's the thing killing it. But yeah, you can put audiences in. The main audience we would always put in is, is purchasers. Anyone buys a product on your site, feed that into every single performance max campaign you've got going. Google, find me more of these guys. These guys are buying stuff. So yeah, a long way of answering your question, Chloe. Those are the three different types and why... Smart shopping, you need to get off. Standard shopping, I wouldn't really recommend. There's a few use cases where I would use it, but Performance Max, that's the one we need to talk about today. So anyone who logs into their Google Ads right now and sees standard shopping or sees smart shopping, you need to move. <laughs> you smart need to shopping, move now. Absolutely. Standard shopping, you need to talk to an expert and go, should I get rid of this? And there's a few caveats okay. to that. I guess one of the biggest caveats, just, just very briefly, is that Performance Max makes stuff makes assets, as in it makes a display ad, it makes a YouTube video and stuff like this. So where we haven't used it for clients is where they haven't got their own YouTube video content for us to put into the Performance Max campaign. So Performance Max makes a video and it tends to look absolutely awful. But that said, <laughs> there's a million free, let's uh, say free, there's a million user-friendly tools now to make some good videos. If you've got white background images of your products, you can make a pretty decent video online, possibly for free, or you could use a you know, cheap paid tool, or you could find someone on Fiverr, or you could get an entire TV production company to make some really cool stuff. So okay, let's have video. resist. Let's resist the urge to go into video production. Yes, I agree. Because um, <laughs> I could do that too. So everyone, apart from some as we've just explained, mm. should be considering Performance Max campaigns. Absolutely. If you're on smart shopping, you should be moving over to Performance Max campaigns. They are different to what GSC used to be. So what do we need to know to set ourselves up for a successful Performance Max experience? Because you've alluded to some rabbit holes. Nick, tell us the key things we need to know. Cool. I'm going to try and break this into three points then. The first one is the thing you need before you can even run any shopping on Google at all, and that is the feed. I would highly recommend, um, and, and bearing in mind, my podcast is all about Shopify, so we'll talk about Shopify for a sec. You need a product feed that comes out of your website. So Shopify are very good at providing that. They have an app called Google on Shopify, makes a feed. Don't use that app. 
makes it really easy. <laughs> but in, as, as anyone knows who's ever done any marketing in their lives, easy marketing is crap marketing. Excuse my French, but just don't do it. You need good marketing. So what I would recommend is you get something between your website and the next system I'll talk about in a sec called Google Merchant Center. Get a feed optimization tool. So that is like, a, it's, it's an XML file, which is like a giant spreadsheet. It has things like a title, a description, color, material, weight, price, sale price, uh, item grouping. If all these 20 shoes are the same thing, they're just in 20 sizes or 10 sizes and two different colors that makes 20. You want to group everything together. You're feeding all this information to Google, which is why it's called a feed. So you can use a tool in the middle. We're not going to talk about that today. It's very techie. Get someone who knows spreadsheets. They'll be, they'll be your absolute best friend on that. Yeah, there, there are a million and one of those to pick from. So yeah, yeah. let's not Let's not get into that. That's, that's a, a whole tool. podcast series. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> get, a, get a tool is today's announcement. So then that goes through to a thing called Google Merchant Center. Make sure Merchant Center is approved. That's not necessarily an easy process. And I've been doing this for nearly 15 years, Google um, advertising. Shopping's not been around that long, but still, you'll upload stuff and it won't like the logo you've put in or the business address won't be verified. Or You've got to make sure you, you go through all the main boxes on Google Merchant Center. That then links into Google Ads. So that's the first thing you need. Is you need a feed and you need a well-optimized feed. Tons of information in there. The rule with the feed is try and fill out every single box for every single product, which if you've got like some of our clients, like a couple hundred thousand products, it's not easy. It can be very difficult, but that's why you need a, a tool because you basically set up rules that does it. So if you find the word blue, put that in as the color, something like that. And the other thing I'm going to add in to your point, Nick, of go find a tool mm. is if you've never done this before and you've got a whole load of complicated SKUs and loads of SKUs and all the rest yeah, of yeah. it, it is going to be massively worth your while paying someone who's done it before to get your feed set up right. It is not worth you spending a week of your time swearing at Google because that's what's going to happen. Indeed. Um, we've got a guy in our PPC team. Um, I'll, I'll name him. He'll, he'll love this. Um, there's a guy called Andy in our team. And Andy, he often gets in on Monday morning and we're like, how was the weekend? He's like, it's a big Man United fan. Yeah, watching the football, bit of match of the day, bit of Strictly Come Dancing. Oh, and I did loads of feed optimization. I had a great time. Absolutely loves it. But anyway, we love, we love Andy. So you're <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. You need right. to find an Andy. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Exactly. Exactly. The one thing I will flag in the feed, because I know we spoke about this before, and we'll come on to this a little bit later, I think, is GTINs, GTINs, barcodes. Um, they, are, they are honestly, a, it's like finding a diamond down a coal mine. Coal is a good representation, I think, of data. It's dirty. It's gritty. You've got to know what you're doing. Doing. It can be dangerous. As you say, Chloe, get someone to do it who knows what they're doing. And if you can get GTINs both on your website, coming through the feed and going into Google, you're going to get a lot more uh, traction because Google knows what the product is if it's got a GTIN because it can see this same, I don't know, Dyson Hoover is sold by a hundred different stores online. So instantly Google knows what it is. And then you can just fight on USPs rather than having to try and communicate what that product is or over communicate just to catch up with everyone else. I think that's probably enough on GTINs for this episode because it's another one of those rabbit holes we could get onto. But we do somewhere have a session we've done. I can't remember if it's on this podcast or whether it was on a virtual summit. I will find it. I will link to it. So anyone who wants the details on that, head to the show notes page. Cool. I'm going to send that to lots of my clients because the amount of days I've spent <laughs> saying to clients, get your GTINs. They're like, we're trying. I'm like, just get them. <laughs> yeah, not an easy task. But not at all. Nick, you said we were going to go into three areas of Performance Max. We've started off with the feed. What is that everything? we need to know for now on the feed i think so yeah we could as you say we could do a whole year's um set of episodes in the podcast about feeds just get one get it optimized that's the headline for today the second thing you then need to do is once you've linked that into um into google ads you want to create your first performance max campaign now 
I mentioned rabbit, one of the rabbit holes, it's called an asset group. So instead of ad groups that you would find on Smart or Standard Shopping, Smart, you can only have one, well, could. I'm going to talk as if it's dead because it is as far as I'm concerned. Um, so you could only have one on there. Standard Shopping, you can have more than one. Search campaigns, you will use ad groups to break up the campaign structure. So what I would highly recommend you do, and this is a little tip, and this might not be available much longer, I've been told, is if you create what I call a blank asset group. So you create an asset group and you put, the asset group will ask you for titles, headlines, descriptions, images, videos. It's where you put all your content and then you just kind of bow down and pray to the Google gods of machine learning to try and make sense of it and find some customers with that information. Um, if you create a blank asset group, the blank asset group will have no headlines, no descriptions, anything. If you put even one letter in any of those boxes, all then become required. So if you put nothing, if you literally click new asset group, save, you can still put, which is going to be my third point, I'll come to in a minute, a thing called an audience signal. You can still use an audience signal, but the asset group itself will be blank. If it's blank, there are certain channels it cannot run on. And some of those channels tend to be quite unprofitable. So that's uh -huh. a one reason we test blank asset groups against not blank asset groups for lots of our clients. We do it a lot of the time and they tend to convert incredibly well because you're forcing Google to use Google shopping more than display YouTube and all the sort of, you're basically not, you basically, if I look at it from a custom point of view, you're doing less convincing customers to be interested and just appearing in front of customers that are already interested. Got you. And just for the purposes of um, avoiding confusion, hmm. my take on assets in Google land is these are things Google's going to use to create adverts for you. Correct. And when you create a blank asset group, all Google's got access to is what's in your product feed. Not graphics, not video, not all the rest of it. Hence, it can only go on that. Is that right, Nick? Absolutely spot on. And which is why it works so well. So the only adverts you're running now are not like, here's an image of a plant pot. What you're running now is an image <laughs> of, here's a pair of, you know, men's leather, Italian leather shoes, they're 60 pounds, um, and they're currently on sale and they've got a five-star rating. That's the, that is the asset you want to push. And that's why it works so well. Very clever. And then the third part, the audience, the all important audience. Audience signal. Now, you asked earlier, and I know there's going to be a snap question later about good resources. Um, there are some guys on YouTube doing some amazing things called Solutions 8. I'm not affiliated with them at all. I wish I was. And I should probably email them and get them on my podcast, which is um, something I'm going to ask my assistant to do <laughs> as soon as I get off this. But Solutions 8, they have some fantastic videos about audience signals and they do lots of tests with them as well. The audience signal, it is what it says on the tin. You basically build an audience and there's several, when you're actually in the screen to make an audience signal or to edit one or set one up, it gives you a few boxes to fill out. And some of those boxes are how much, um, what information from your existing data would you like to use? So I mentioned this earlier, you definitely want an audience in there, either from your Google ads tracking tag or your analytics. If you don't know what they are, Google them. You want, you want something in there saying, if anybody buys a product, put them in an audience and that audience, that, that is in a particular audience of revenue or you know current customers, past customers. I would definitely have some sort of audience um, signal that has past customers on it feeding through. Because you're saying to Google, these are my signals. These are good signals. These are things I want more of. So you want to put those in there to say, these are all the people buying on my site right now, find more. Another one you can still put keywords in, but it will look at the keywords in a very holistic view. You're not going to appear for that keyword specifically. You might, 
but you also might not. So if you've got a campaign for table lamps, which I was setting up just yesterday morning. Um, so for table lamps, we put in lots of keywords around like glass table lamps, tripod table lamps, all this sort of stuff. Because we're feeding Google information saying, you can see this in the feed, you can see it on the landing pages, and here's more information about this as well. So I'd highly recommend on the audience signal, filling out as much as you can. And then something that's been launched more recently, and again, might be adapted at the time this podcast goes out, because it's a, it's a very fast moving thing at the moment, Performance Max, which is very exciting. Something they've recently done is they now give you a bit of a report. It does not give you the traditional like, here's your keywords, here's your adverts, and somebody searched for bracelets and bought a bracelet from you. It doesn't tell you that anymore at all. And that's in Google's argument is there's 50 million data points running on smart shopping, and it's increased now on Performance Max. So there's more than 50 million data points. So if they gave you the data, you wouldn't know what, you wouldn't know where to start, which is fair enough. So they've got this new screen now called Insights, and you can see roughly people are typing in tripod table lamp, clicking on my ad and buying stuff. So then I'm going to learn from that and go and put that in my audience signal to say, I think people are buying from this stuff now. So I'm going to go and put it in there. So there we have it. Feed, asset groups, audience signal. Those are the three key things I would recommend that you're focusing your time on, that you're setting up well in the first place for Performance Max. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Nick. That has given everyone so much to think about. So listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on Nick's insider tips on Google Ads and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. Do you want more from your paid ads campaigns this year? Are you tired of disappointing results? Are your optimizations delivering low to low performance improvements? If that all sounds familiar, well, it's because the game's changed, which means you need a chat with my friends at Digital Gearbox. They are masters in the art of pay-per-click marketing. Their expert team have helped transform businesses around the world with tried and tested strategies that actually get results. And right now they're offering a free one-on-one consultation to 10 ambitious Keep Optimising listeners looking to do great things in 2023. Now, only 10 of you can get this brilliant offer, so do not delay. Get your free consultation now by heading over to keepopt.com forward slash digital gearbox. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash digital gearbox. And let the digital gearbox team show you the true power of PPC. Okay, Nick, so far we've gone deep into what we should be doing with those Google search campaigns right now. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of Google Ads. Uh, So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Google Ads, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about, apart from GTINs and algorithm theory, which I figure we were about to get onto. Uh, (laughs) We're going to try and avoid as well. We'll avoid those, that's fine. Yeah. I think we've come up with about eight different new podcast ideas during the course of this. Well, um, it is our okay. job, Chloe, to come up with podcast ideas, so that's good. Very, that's very good. true, very true. Um, Nick, are you ready for these? I am indeed. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? 
So I'm going to run back to one of the points you made, Chloe, uh, which I think is a very good point about feeds. You can't run uh, shopping or performance max without feeds. You need someone to make a feed. And if you look at the work someone's done and ask for a report of, can you show me what you've done in the feed? What tool you recommend? Like we said, don't sign up to the first tool you find. There's loads out there. Do some demos, even ask them for like, can I have you know seven days free and put your feed in, see what happens. I would My newbie advice, certainly on the feed side of things, is get someone to help. Google has gone the opposite way of what I keep thinking they're going to do. Things are less automated than ever at the moment. They're more complicated than ever. And Google's AI is requiring way more input than anybody ever expected as things stand. And that's that. I think looking back now, it was inevitable. I think we got that wrong when we were looking forwards. It's quite interesting, isn't it, that the algorithm side of it on the on the reporting side, as you were talking about earlier, they the algorithm is doing so much clever stuff. There's no point in showing us humans it and allowing us to play with it. But the algorithm is only as good as the data we put in. So our effort now ends up in the feed, not in the tweaking of the bids and such things. Yeah, I'll avoid talking about algorithms because we just agreed we wouldn't. But the, yeah. <laughs> but the thing I would say, and this, this is becoming one of my catchphrases, I have a t-shirt with this written that someone bought for my birthday. Marketing has been lost from digital marketing. So all this is great. Everything we're talking about is great. You've got a bad product. You've got a bad website. You don't have a USP. Your customers don't like you. Well, forget all of this. You're on the wrong episode. And, you know, you need to go back to basic how to start a good business, choose your right products. So just bear that. You're absolutely right, Chloe. Bear that in mind in terms of the data you're feeding in. So if you're feeding in a low conversion rate in those audience signals I mentioned, you're going to get a low conversion rate back out. So you look at the marketing, understand what your customers are doing, build a business they want to they want to convert, convert on that site and say, right, this is a great product. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it again and again again and again and that's something that i think is it's got to be at the heart of all of this is we're kind of redundant without that all of us in marketing very true um now once you've started of course you've got to keep optimizing so what's your favorite way to improve performance yeah, I think the insights I mentioned is a really key thing to do. So I would absolutely look at insights and go, okay, what um, keywords are currently triggering stuff? And if you've got enough data, you'll also get a thing as well. I didn't mention earlier called affinity audiences. And it will say things like um, frequent flyers like buying your expensive handbags, which you can see the, the correlation between the two. And again, you can go and chuck those in your audience signal. The other place I like to spend a lot of time, and this actually defines something. I, I don't want to talk about this too much today because it's such a big topic, but campaign structures like, do you just have one campaign for everything, which tends to work quite well off the bat? Do you break all your campaigns down by like, this is a table lamp versus a floor lamp, like that client I mentioned? We've broken that down, but only because they've got over a thousand SKUs on each. And that was our decision is like, there's a big enough volume here that we can be so competitive at a micro level on each product. But based on that, I would try and use as much of the data as you can in terms of what people are buying, what they're adding to cart, what your average order values are, and use that logic. If you start with one campaign, then how to kind of split that into two and then to knock that into three or four. Use that data to then go, okay, we've got a lighting campaign, table lamps are doing really well and nothing else is. That's a logical reason to then split it if you've got the products to support that as well. Or you might say, actually, we're just going to push table lamps really hard in this. All our asset groups are going to be focused on table lamps. We'll leave the other stuff in because there might be a cross conversion that's happening and we're going to allow the AI to do that. And you'll see your ROAS increase as a result. So keep looking at that data and try and make logical decisions. If you see something where like, if you see a good and a bad, that's always my thing I say to our new junior staff. If you see a good and a bad, work out how do we get more of the good and less of the bad and be looking for that. That's what you want to find in the data. Basically, guys, optimize, optimize, optimize. If ever the word optimize was created for a marketing channel, it was Google ads. And then report on what, how good it is and then go back and optimize, optimize and, and continue yeah. the loop. Endless. Um, mm. If someone listening wants to learn more about Google ads, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? 
One's a challenge because my advice is actually to look at lots of resources. I mentioned Solutions 8 earlier. I would definitely tune in with those guys. We have a bit of a rule. And um, Chloe, if you don't agree with this, then you can keep my name stamped to this at all times. We have a, and I'll I'll tone this down because it's got a rude word in it. We have something on our wall in the office and it's rule one. And rule one is Google our evil thieving what's-its. And what's-its is the (laughs) word I changed. So Google's good to tell you how to set stuff up or tell you like this function is designed to do this. They are useless at telling you how to make money. So my advice would be YouTube would probably be my resource. But again, look at lots of resources and see which ones work for you, which ones relate. Try some tests on stuff. And equally, when you find that resource, and this is the last thing I'll say on um, yeah, on where to learn more, if you find a resource, don't do what one of my team did that I basically had to get rid of him years ago. He would find something and go, that's a cool idea, and do it on every client without telling anyone, including the clients. If you're going to test something, test it in a safe environment, like one, you know, one, one to 5% of your account, maximum 20% is a rule that we have. And only do it on one account initially. If it doesn't work, stop it then come up with a hypothesis of what account to test it on next or what client to look at or what campaign, et cetera, et cetera. So don't just, don't find something and go, well, this guy's getting good results and just whack everything in. It won't work. It's, it's it, again, going back to the first thing, there's no one size fits all for this stuff. I totally agree that Google is out there to make money for Google, <laughs> not for you. I totally Excellent. agree, especially with, <laughs> with the fact that there's so much change and flux in the world of Google shopping campaigns because Google releases this stuff and then the clever Google ads people, the people like Nick who are working in it day on day, they find the clever stuff and some of them find the time to post that on YouTube or blogs or podcasts or whatever. So you've got to go and look at the clever ways people are using the tech, but test just because it works for them. Like Nick was saying, does not mean it will work for you. Right. Nick, finally, it is crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for? Indeed. And going back to your point, Google changed stuff so much that it's very, very difficult to know. I think it's going to be interesting that when this goes out, we'll know the results of Black Friday and peak. And given what's going on in the world, I'm going to go very macro and then we'll come down to something a bit more micro. But looking at like where you and I are based, Chloe, we've been massively affected by a war that's going on. Everybody in the world's been affected by COVID. Shopping habits have changed. No one could have predicted this. No one was sitting on podcasts like you've just asked me four or five years ago going, well, yeah, it's going to be a virus that shuts the entire world down. And then there's going to be a war that affects everybody and chucks the price of everything up. So there are lots of things we can't predict. What I believe is going to happen, though, is I think Shopify's market share is going to continue increasing. And I know that sounds a bit wildcard when you talk about things like shopping. Shopify is one of the biggest platforms now, one of the easiest platforms to get shopping running, which is good and bad news. It's good news if you want to start shopping. It's bad news if you want to be competitive because it's harder to be competitive in a bigger market. If you've got two competitors, you look on Google, there's space for all three of you on Google, you've got 200 competitors, you've also got a problem. And that's how am I going to stand out? How am I going to be there? So I predict that Shopify is going to continue growing. I hope, and I really hope, because I do like Shopify, I hope it doesn't do what a lot of previous platforms, Magento is an obvious one, and Demandware, and also Hybris, there'll be three I'd put in that category of, I used to work a lot on those, I now only really work on Shopify out of them. We have a couple of Magento clients, very few people went to Magento too, a lot of them went to Shopify. Um, there's also Shopware on the horizon. So I think I think a lot of this stuff's going to change from platform level now, and I've never said that before, but that is something I'm 
seeing more and more that, and even on, I know we're talking about SEO, there's a couple of things that Google's changed in its algorithm on SEO. So we won't talk about algorithms, um, but it's changed on SEO as a, in its SEO algorithm as a result of Shopify trying to make the shopping experience easier. So I think the platforms are going to start driving the way here. Someone on my podcast, I've completely forgotten who, but somebody said that Shopify was a bit like the Rebel Alliance in Star Wars, hitting back at the, uh, you know, the, uh, the dark side, which is Amazon. Yeah, there is. It is phenomenal what Shopify has done to our industry, but that is definitely another podcast. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nick, we are very nearly at the end of the show. So could you please let everyone know how they can get in contact with you and your business? Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk about the um, the kind of fun public facing stuff first. Um, Winning with Shopify is the name of our podcast. It's on every podcasting platform. You can probably find this as well, apart from your own website, Chloe. We're not on there. Um, but yeah, winningwithshopify.com. <laughs> We're on Apple, iTunes, all the rest of it. We've also recently launched on YouTube. So we are now doing video, um, which I can see Chloe right now. She's looking very, very inspired, might I add. <laughs> now she's shaking her head. Um, but yeah, we've, we've also launched on YouTube, um, partly because we eventually want to open up the comment section and get people engaging and that's sort of thing um which yeah could be pandora's box so we'll see um, and then if you want to check out our consultancy so if you want us to come and have a look at your google ads we will look at it for free we're, we're not just going to chuck sort of chuck free audits out the window but come have a quick chat we'd love to have a little look and just give you some points as to where you are right now so that is spec.digital and that's spelled s-p-e-c dot digital marvelous thank you nick thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast and for making it so clear what those key building blocks are for getting our performance max right. So um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, lovely. It's so good to be back, Chloe. It's been a little while since I was on here and we, uh, we need to get you on ours as well. So um, yeah, real pleasure to be, uh, to be back. It's a deal. Cheers, Nick. So there we go. Nick's step-by-step on making the all-important transition to performance max. And if you take nothing else from this, get that product feed sorted out. You can get links to all the things we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com or use our special direct episode links. That's keepopt.com forward slash episode number. And once you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the many things we share to help you improve your business. Once you're on the website, you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar because as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all our Google ad specialists to join us for a live Q&A session. Come join us, get your questions answered at keepopt.com forward slash webinar. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed it and want to continue learning about Google Ads right now, rather than wait for the next episode, then scroll back up your feed to episodes 88 to 92, because less than 12 months ago, we did a full five episodes on Google Ads each covering a different aspect of making it work for your store, including another Google Shopping campaign focused episode with Becky Hopkin. You can find all those Google ad resources at keepopt.com forward slash Google ads. And please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z. Do you 
want more from your paid ads campaigns this year? Are you tired of disappointing results? Are your optimizations delivering low to low performance improvements? If that all sounds familiar, well, it's because the game's changed, which means you need a chat with my friends at Digital Gearbox. They are masters in the art of pay-per-click marketing. Their expert team have helped transform businesses around the world with tried and tested strategies that actually get results. And right now they're offering a free one-on-one consultation to 10 ambitious Keep Optimising listeners looking to do great things in 2023. Now, only 10 of you can get this brilliant offer, so do not delay. Get your free consultation now by heading over to keepopt.com forward slash digital gearbox. That's K-E-E-P-O-P-T dot com forward slash digital gearbox. And let the Digital Gearbox team show you the true power of PPC.